0: The following is a production of omnus.tv. Tonight, I welcome special music guest Black Robot. Also, look at Super Bowl 47, Mantai Tale, the top movies at the box office this weekend and much much more tonight here on Onside. <laughs> Welcome to Unsign. My name is Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with me. Kind of big time show for you tonight. JB and Jeremy from Black Robot will be stopping by in just a little bit. So definitely stick around for that. It is a cannot miss. But uh, some things I want to get into tonight. You know, I'm sitting here uh, this afternoon at my house and I'm uh, doing my show notes on Tuesday morning like I always do. And uh, I got the TV on. I'm listening to little Dan Patrick, you know, flipping around, looking at you know news stories and what have you. And uh, this infomercial comes on for a product called WaxVac. I had to, re- I had to rewind it. I was like, well, did I just really see this? So basically what this product is, it's a handheld ear cleaning device for ears. I'm like, really, do we need this? What the hell? The ad reads as this. Don't use painful Q-tips that can damage your ears. And it shows a guy jamming a Q-tip into his ear. Then they show a guy with his wife, girlfriend, with a lit candle holding it over his ear. I'm like, I have never seen that or tried that, and why would you? No, no, this is much safer. The WaxVac is much, much safer. It's a handheld sucking gun that you put into your ear. It also has different color silicon tips. Oh, it's almost a must-have, right? WaxVac. Remember, if you get water in your ear, don't pound your head. Use WaxVac for only $10. Wait, no, 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 there's more. It also has a light attached to it, just like a doctor would use. Yes, because I often look inside my ear. I, I, I'm just interested uh, on who actually uses this product. Uh, the only thing that was really missing from this ad was the ShamWow guy. That was the only thing missing from this particular Wax Facts ad. It's only $10. Buy now. Can I borrow someone's credit card, please? Moving on tonight, uh, the Batmobile, which is a 1955 Lincoln Futura, which was modded from 1966 to 1968 for the television show, uh, which is you know obviously suited as the Batmobile, the greatest fan ever bought the Batmobile. The first time the Batmobile itself has actually been for sale. His name is Rick Champagne. When the vehicle came up for auction this past January on the 19th, it sold for $4.2 million. Kapow. Yes, $4.2 million. Although the Batmobile, uh, here's a little uh, tidbit of information for you, was first released in 1939. The actual Batmobile itself phrase was not coined until 1941. $4.2 million for the original 1955 Lincoln Batmobile. Talk about putting that in your living room and and hanging out, right? You know, I I like to call this this particular segment here all thumbs. Uh, You know, I really love these crazy wild stories. We we cover them uh, pretty frequently on the show, and uh, most of them come from Florida, ironically enough, but uh, a Florida man uh, engaged uh, over a dispute with his girlfriend, allegedly bit his girlfriend's thumb off and spit it out the window while driving to Taco Bell, police say. Uh, Ricardo Marquez Davis, 35 years old, was chauffeuring his girlfriend to work Wednesday evening when an argument between the couple escalated. Now, uh, during the course of the drive to the Taco Bell, a verbal argument took place and she pushed the man in the head where he just proceeded to grab her hand and bite the tip of her thumb off and spit it out the window. I'm just glad that it happened on the way to, to her work, I guess, so that way it didn't happen at work and no one got a tip of a thumb in the burrito or taco or anything like that. I, I guess it would, you probably wouldn't notice, judging by the grade of meat they probably use there. But uh, the girlfriend was transported to the Holmes Regional Medical Center. The nurse uh, said the victim kept saying, I can't believe he bit my finger off. Yeah, no kidding, right? Uh, they did say that the, the, the tip of the thumb was not retrieved and not reattached. They couldn't find it. So uh, somewhere in Florida, there's a woman at Taco Bell missing the tip of her thumb. This is an interesting story. I titled it Buckets, and I'm not talking about Kyrie Irving, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, getting buckets with Uncle Drew. No, no, this is a whole different, uh, this is a whole different game here. Name uh, This guy named, uh, we'll just call him Richard. Uh, several businesses in his hometown, Louisiana, uh, including his former employee, em- Kenny Seafood, was robbed. The 23-year-old apparently forgot uh, his mask at home. So what's this genius do? He grabs a uh, five-gallon bucket and puts it over his head and walks around the store. And he, he does get the cash out of the register, but uh, he failed to realize that the security cameras in the restaurant had already caught him because he entered in the building. You know, he's in camouflage and gloves. He's got burglary. The article says burglary tools. I'm not exactly sure what uh, Richard used as burglary tools or not to break into Kenny seafood. But uh, he, he did get the uh, cash and was uh, later uh, apprehended uh, at his home. <laughs> so I don't know how much cash he got from Kenny seafood or not, but uh, that is uh, one bucket head. Now, last week, I did a bit about Lance Armstrong and his use of uh, you know, performance-enhancing drugs uh, and his big interview with Oprah this past week. The first part of it was actually really good, an outstanding job by Oprah getting the main soundbite. The rest of it is just you know, fodder, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it was nice to see Lance Armstrong ball up for this. Now, I, even though it was years later after the fact, he really showed no remorse or emotion. Uh, one of the stories I thought was interesting that came out yesterday was an uh, Australian library Uh, was saying that they were going to take his book, his autobiography, Images of a Champion, and put it in the fiction section. Turns out today it was just a joke or a hoax, which leads me to our next story, talking about hoaxes. I'm talking about Man Teo, of course. This is a crazy story. Uh, If you're not familiar with the story, let me give you a quick recap on it. Now, Manton Teo is a uh, Mormon from Hawaii who was attending Notre Dame, uh, which is the biggest Irish Catholic school in the USA. No, that is not the punchline. Uh, this fall, uh, in this season, his grandmother died from cancer, and shortly after, it was revealed that his girlfriend was in a car accident and then died of cancer as well. Uh, obviously, a tragic story, uh, so every sports media hub, including Fox, ESPN, Jim Rome, and his Gilbert Godfrey little beady eyes were drooling over this story like a starving dog at a steakhouse. Well, as it turns out, it was revealed by Deadspin.com this past week that his girlfriend was not real at all, that the whole thing had been made up. Now, first, when I hear the story, I was obviously a little bit confused. I wasn't quite sure what to think. I wasn't sure whether I should laugh at this story or just bang my head against the wall with more space in between. Now, uh, as more information came out as part of this elaborate hoax, uh, one of the biggest stars in college football, a Heisman finalist as well, had an imaginary girlfriend for three years online and never met her, never had seen her. Now, you're talking about this guy is either the biggest goof in the history of all goofs Or he was in on this particular hoax. You mean to tell me that one of the most popular college athletes in the United States of America had a three-year relationship and never had a Skype conference, visited her while she was in the hospital for a car accident, or visited her while she was uh, healing or getting chemotherapy from cancer, never met her family? He was asked about this, and he said he replied, it never came to mind. Really, it never came to mind. If I wasn't a part of this hoax, wouldn't you, uh, you know, come out and say, "Hey, here's my phone records that I talked to this particular person, Man Te'o's fake girlfriend." Now, obviously, on Twitter, this is a big, huge thing. Uh, you know, people were tweeting uh, empty shower stalls going exclusive, naked pictures of Man Te'o's girlfriend. Now, uh, I guess benefits of having a fake girlfriend online is just saving money on gifts for Christmas, and uh, you know in valentine's day valentine's day is a couple weeks away guys that's uh, my heads up to you out there uh the ability i guess to have open relationship is one way to look at it never uh really having to worry about hanging out on a saturday night and playing xbox i'm sure there's a lot of other things you could benefit from having an imaginary girlfriend imagine mantide teo's uh fake girlfriend playlist I- is going to consist of i mean I-, I imagine john lennon imagine is on that list how about joe cocker catfish definitely gonna be on there david lynch imaginary girl genesis invisible touch anybody how about the zombies she's not there there's a couple songs there for uh you know man Teo's uh, fake girlfriend now on the other side of this uh, of this story is the investigative reporting or lack thereof by a lot of major multimedia people including espn the mothership fox news nbc cbs the list goes on i mean this girl per the story that he told uh ESPN that this guy was or excuse me this woman was a Stanford attended Stanford played on the volleyball team. They mean to tell me no one at ESPN, Fox, NBC, Sports Illustrated ever thought to do any research about this particular girl who supposedly attended Stanford to play on the volleyball team. Notre Dame didn't look into it. Then Notre Dame came out with a statement saying that they didn't have enough material to go on the story. ESPN did the same thing all week long, and now they've pretty much kind of quit talking about it. This is absolutely garbage and a lapse of journalism integrity at its finest here. I mean, we're so fast to get the interview and get the big story that we never get the, the... never bothered getting the details or the backstory of actually what happened. Now, I think this is going to change how we're going to look at college sports and how college athletes are going to be covered in whole. But uh, me personally, I'm holding out for the Clint Eastwood exclusive interview with Manti Teo and his girlfriend. I hear Katie Kirk is going to feature Manti Teo on the Today Show at some point. I'm curious whether or not Manti Teo is going to show up at the NFL draft. Now, obviously, he's going to be there. He's going to be in the green room. Does he show up with a girlfriend or does he just sit next to an empty chair? Uh, I'm curious. I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for guy. This is actually a hoax, and this guy got hoodwinked, catfished, if you will, over a fake girlfriend for three years. Uh, I mean, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, can we just get him like a Miley Cyrus blow-up doll or something? I mean, some people said he did this because he's hiding his uh, sexuality and he might be gay. I care less about that. But if that's the case, maybe we can just send him a Justin Beaver blow-up doll or something. That's my take on the Manta Hiteo story there. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, children of all ages, coming to the unsigned show this evening, hailing from parts unknown, J.B., Jeremy, members of Black Robot! yeah. yeah, yeah. J.B., Jeremy, how's it going, guys? Thanks for uh, hang- hanging with us and uh, coming on the show, man. Good to, uh, good to be here with you, man. Right on, man. Hey, uh, I want to kind of get into uh, before we get you know talking about you know your guys' uh, project with Black Robot and some of your your musical uh, history. Uh, I want to get into your early memories of music and really what got you started uh, as a musician uh, as a youth. And uh, actually, uh, both of you, Jeremy and JB, if you'd answer this. Sure,
1: um, you know, at, I think everybody that gets into this thing, you know, uh, there's two popular reasons uh, is. The, the popular the reason is that you really love music and you want to express yourself and then you, you really want to um, challenge yourself to, to the journey of music. And then the second one is chicks.
2: <laughs>
1: so, you know, depending on, on who, who you're talking to, I mean, they're going to give you either, they're going to give you the real answer or they're going to give you,
0: you know, they're going to bullshit you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> what is uh, um jeremy how about yourself man
3: um for me uh just getting into music was I, I don't know i was a really uh really impatient little kid you know i really didn't like a lot of things and uh you know i started listening to rock and roll and uh just wanted to play the guitar and that was the first thing that kind of broke me out of my funk so i just kind of realized that was that was it for me you know it was a sort of a piece it's the first time
0: you know. right on now obviously you know chicks help too and I like boobs too so I mean that's always that's always a benefit uh, now what, do you guys remember like first songs that you learned to play or first instruments that you, you started kind of toying with and songs that really you know piqued your interest musically
2: uh,
3: for me it was guitar and uh, I don't know what was that easy that easy song by uh, Poison what was that uh, oh yeah uh, every rose has its thorn like the easiest song in the world that's what I first learned to play
1: I remember uh, getting the Pink Floyd record and, and I, I dug into the, to the money song. Oh, by yeah. Pink Floyd. Yeah. that's, that was a really good record.
0: Yeah. Ron. Yeah, no, that's a great track, man. Definitely. Um, now obviously, you know, <laughs> sorry, now, no, we, you're not going re- fine to be Now, <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> uh, it's kind of five f- five fast four. forward, yeah. obviously a lot of years. Um, you guys, you know, JB, this is kind of, I guess more directed to you now. Um, You're you know a founding member of a wildly successful band, Buck Cherry. Uh, I have to ask you, what was that experience like? You know, with the notoriety that you received in that band, and why the departure of that band really kind of really at its peak, I guess.
1: You know, it it was great. It was fantastic. It was you know we were doing our thing in Hollywood, being unsigned, and and uh, came together. I made a cool group of guys, and then it and then it got to be really just an awful. Experience and then, so I, so I just left. You know, um, the, you know, I, I think, I think everybody goes through this thing when you're with a band that gets some type of popularity. There's a, a little bit of a life cycle with it so you you get to the part where you're in a van and you're you're touring the gigs and you're getting and things are moving and you're getting somewhere then you wind up getting popular and then you know you're making money and everything's good and you feel like your dreams are coming true and then you then you wind up becoming a little less popular and you and it kind of sucks and then you realize like what am I doing? This really sucks." And then, with me personally on a personal level, I I had to ask myself like, why am I still playing in Buck Cherry? We're not selling any records. I, I we're not getting along as as a band. There's no music or message, you know. And and so I I felt like there had to be one thing that kept me doing this. And at that point in time, I remember on the first record we were playing Woodstock, and it was amazing. And I'm looking out to like you know hundreds of thousands of people, and and it was. And I felt like, this is great, I'll I'll do it. And then the next record came out and it wasn't as popular and and the label was kind of taking a walk from us. And so we got booked on pig stock. And I was like, I was literally in the middle of Iowa somewhere and like I'm I'm playing and literally part of my audience are are pigs that are in mud. Like I'm performing to pigs. So I I thought, you know, maybe I don't really have that reason anymore to hang in there and, and do that. And so I took a hiatus for a while and I said, you know, I'm just not gonna do this because I, I have to have a good reason. I've gotta be passionate about what I what I'm doing and you know, at that time the band was singing songs about like getting high and all this and nobody in the band was like really not too many people were really having that good of a time. Um so we, we wound up, uh, to, to me, I just said, if I'm going to do another band, it's got to be something cool where I'm, I'm really, really into it. And, and that's how we wound up with, with Black Robot. So it, it took a while, but now I think that, that I'm, I'm doing something that I really like.
0: Right on. Now, uh, you know, I, I think that's a good explanation, and we'll leave it at that. Now, and that obviously brings me to Black Robot. Uh, you know, meeting with Jeremy and then working with Andy, who you know is—I I believe he's still with Fuel. Um, tell me about uh, how you guys got together as a trio and came up with the name Black Robot.
1: Well, I I came up with the name Black Robot uh, several several years ago. I think in sometime in two thousand something or whatever. And we, we put the first record out in, in 2009 independently. Then we had a, a little uh, label deal in 2010 and we re-released it. And um, so I've had the name with me for a while as part of a concept of, of what I wanted the band to to be and to have the actual black robot be the, the band figure, the mascot. And... Uh, yeah, and Andy Andy joined along and, and uh so we uh we had a we had a singer that we had on the first record um, and we decided that we needed to do something else and we wanted Andy and I agreed that we, we needed to look for a singer that, that could really make our vision of what we wanted to do happen. So I scoured all over the internet. Like I, I heard the journey found a good singer on on YouTube. So I, I heard of all these things, you know, and like it, it's it's like the most brutal process in the world to find a singer. And um and they're they're all nuts. Like singers are are basically just the biggest bunch of idiot narcissists, like they're they're just they're maniacs. And I sent emails to like tons of people that I found online and they were the uh, first question would be like, well, how much money am I going to get paid? And, <laughs> and then, uh, and they used to meet the strangest people. If you ever want to meet like crazy people, just look for a singer. And so I ran across a, a video that Jeremy did. I stumbled across it and I was like, I like this guy's voice. And Andy agreed. So we sent, uh, we sent him an email back and surprisingly, you know, Jeremy's not, not crazy in that way. Not anymore. Know.
3: No.
1: Yeah. So so uh, we got together and started uh you know auditioning him and, and uh and it really worked out.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Now, uh, Jeremy uh, as far as, as far as your take on this, I mean uh what was your uh, your audition like uh for JB and Andy?
3: Uh, well it basically consisted of him sending me some music that they had recorded um because that was my first question was all right, you know it's cool, you know you guys sound great let's let's see what you're doing now let's hear the music so he emailed me some tracks with no vocals and uh so I just kind of fired up the pro tools and uh started singing over it and you know wrote you know wrote lyrics and a melody to a song to see if I was even feeling it, and I was so I forwarded it to him and He's like, great, do another one. So I did another one, and he was like, great, do another one. Did, and then uh, you know, so we had something to work with when we got together, and we all went up to JB's pad and hung out for a weekend, and just started just played music the whole time, and you know, drank and ate food and just you know, hung out just to see what the vibe was between us, and it was great, and uh, everything felt flowing when we were working on songs, and you know, I realized they were open ideas, they realized I was open to ideas, and it all just kind of came together very organically.
0: Very cool man and, and uh, the tracks we're going to hear tonight I, I think are definitely gonna uh put a put a in perspective for the people listening uh to this particular broadcast now um i gotta ask j b kind of backtrack a little bit um on these auditions did obviously did you bring other people in and what is some of the did you have any really just out of out of your mind wacky auditions with singers
1: oh man you know what i i I flew a guy down from from somewhere in like the middle of Europe. I I went on YouTube, I found this guy who who was singing like uh, like Freddie Mercury on, he was doing like Queen and I thought, oh my God, this guy is incredible. He's like, he's awesome. So I actually flew him all the way from the Netherlands and, and he was a good singer, you know, he was pretty cool. But apparently what he was doing when he was doing, he put some videos up of him and he was kind of blending Freddie Mercury's real voice in with his, so I kind of got duped, you know, because when when he came out there and we put him in front of the mic, we were like, all right, here you go. And we were in the studio in Nashville, and he wasn't the singer, that, you know that that we were banking on him to be. Great guy, really cool. Um, there was also another guy that was like a like a four hundred pound dude, and and yeah, you know, which I don't care because I mean it, I don't care about like what you look like. A lot of people care about. Um, you know, what a singer is supposed to look like. And I figured, well, if he's cool, it doesn't matter. But um, there was a guy, he was pretty, pretty damn big. And I thought, man, we'll put him on the treadmill, man. It'll be great. (laughs) So I I get through this whole thing and I talk to Andy and I'm like, look, look, you just got to look at it. We're going to put some spikes on the guy. We're going to mess with his hair. You know, we put some makeup on him. Like he won't look so fat. And uh, (laughs) so I go through all of this shit to make Andy feel comfortable with this, with this guy. And then the guy's are like, ah, I don't really think that I, I'm into it. And I was like, what? I was like, oh, my God, I totally overlooked, like, 300 extra pounds of yours, and you're going to, like, snuff me? <laughs> so Anyway, yeah, that's how that worked out.
3: I think it is time for truth, though. JB, I think it's time you knew that I was that 400-pound singer <laughs> and I lost all the weight. <laughs> exactly. Back, so thanks for having me back. The uh, P90X investment. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> no, uh, it kind
3: of tri-
0: uh, actually, shifting yeah, actually, on
2: you a little. The
1: guy I'm talking about he he's shredded. He was fantastic, and I, I think he probably could be a star. But he he thinks he's too much of a hot shot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right and now uh, shifting gears on you a little bit about, you know, Black Robot and kind of the origin, uh, as you mentioned in your bio comeback, you c- came from your love, uh, your, you know, really of comic books and comic book heroes. I have to ask you, what are your, some of your, uh, your favorite comic book heroes uh, growing up? And also, uh, are you into the uh, Marvel movies like Iron Man, Avengers, that type of stuff?
1: Um, I love all those movies, you know, but there's just there's not enough time. I mean, they... I, they're great. All those movies are, are awesome. I, I was addicted to those comics when I was a kid. All the Marvel stuff, um, Fantastic Four, and 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 everything. E- each one of those characters, as a kid, you can identify with. And uh, and the, the great thing about the Marvel books is that they're they're kind of like regular people, but they have superpowers, and they're kind of like screw ups. You know, they they don't have their shit together. And a lot of times they don't get the chick, or they have problems, you know, and and so that that's why I really
0: dug it, you know, I really like that stuff right on man now uh i tell you what let's take a quick break man let's let's take a look at the uh, track we're going to play tonight which is titled stoned again which uh, i think really sets the tone uh the direction you guys are heading i mean this is definitely a full go head bob and ass kicking black robot overload the voice guitars i mean it's sure to short, short short circuit your speakers what do we need to know about uh stoned again before we get that going tonight man <laughs> um
1: you know, we just wanted to make a song that rock. We wanted to give one out to the to the stoners. You know, California, you can go and buy weed out here. Just so we're like, well, we might have an audience for this. Crazy. All right, well,
0: cool. Oh, man, well, uh, I tell you what, I just want to get high. Uh, watch Star Trek on uh, mute and put this on. Here we go. Stoned again. Unsigned. Robot Stone again here on Unsigned. I'm hanging out with JB and Jeremy from the band Black Robot. Guys, really dig that track. Like I said, I think that that song is definitely a tone center. Uh, I want to talk to you guys about heading back to Nashville to record the second album with Dave Cobb. Uh, What was that vibe vibe like uh, for you the second time around, man?
1: Well, the second time around, I, I, was, um, I was kind of annoyed that I had to actually go all the way to, to Nashville because Dave just moved his studio there from L.A. But uh, it's great. You know, Dave, is, uh, he's an amazing producer, and there's no substitute for it. Like, he's, he's a great song producer, and uh, it's just great to, to get in there with a new singer and a new agenda and, and just start fresh. So it was a great experience.
0: Right on. Now, uh obviously I would think, you know, working with him a uh, second time around, uh there's a comfort level there. Does, does he also uh really push you guys in the studio? Yeah, you know,
1: he he pushes the hell out of you and and then he'll walk out and then say, "Okay." <laughs> because he, you know, he knows he'll he'll come in and he'll at this point we've done so much work with him. This is our second record with him. And then uh so he knows we know what we're looking for, but he puts the train on the track, and then he feels comfortable. He's like, "All right, you guys are big boys. You've made records before, and he'll walk and he'll, you know, go hang out with this kid and come back and and uh, and we'll make it happen." Andy's a producer as well, so Andy's really excellent at uh, all the studio engineering work that needs to be done there. So it's it's easy, really easy with Dave.
0: That, you mentioned a new agenda uh, heading into the, the, the second record. Uh, the, obviously, the songwriting process with, with Jeremy coming aboard uh, changed a little bit. Jeremy, uh, what was the experience like for you going in? I don't know, You know, obviously, your, your musical history as far as uh, recording. Uh, what was this uh, experience like for you, man? Uh,
3: it was pretty fantastic. I mean, going out to Nashville had a whole new vibe. I'd never even been there. Uh, recording there was great. Um, Dave Cobb's studio is also his home, so it was uh just really wonderful to like wake up and not have to go anywhere. You're not going to be late for the studio. You know, everyone sort of drank their coffee, ate their breakfast, rolled in. And then it was just, you know, we'd focus and go until we couldn't go anymore and, you know, go get some food and then go until we couldn't go anymore and then hang out. And some of us would keep working on the song. Some of us would go to bed and then wake
1: up and do it all again. So it was actually a lot of fun. And we did a lot of drinking. You know, we did, we do a, did lot of drinking. a lot. A lot. It was like, it was one night, like there there were these, um, what was that stuff? The Scotch or something. I know, a bit hidden. Yeah, ID. we got we got Andy to yeah. to separate with sixty bucks for a bottle of good scotch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, which is amazing to but we <laughs> did. And uh and we did two of those bottles. Yeah, we couldn't so stop. Think,
3: it.
1: Yeah. So if, if you hear anything on funny on the record, that might be from that day. That's from alcohol. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Scotch, 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 Scotch. <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned you know, you're know you in Nashville hanging out. Did you guys get down on uh, Broad Street at all and hang out, take in, the, take in the scenery?
3: Where was that? Yeah, we went out one night. That was a lot of fun. Where was that club where we saw Shooter and Jamie Johnson, and they went up and did a song? That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. We
1: we went out. Our friend Shooter Jennings, um, he was out there at the same time, coincidentally, and, and the guy Jamie Johnson was there, and he's a big country star. I don't know very much about country, but – Someone said, Hey, this guy is really big in country. He wrote honky tonka Donk. And I'm yeah. like, and the guy got paid for that song? And <laughs> right. because I like I said, I don't know. I don't know anything about line dancing or whatever. So we leave and they said, Well, we gonna go to another party. So I'm thinking, all right, well, cool. And then the guy drove his tour bus there. <laughs> like, you know, when you drive your your like, you know, fiat or something to the club, like he took yeah. his tour bus there, and that's where the party was. Yeah, it was so, outside in the bus. Yeah. We, it nice. took us like tw- we got kicked out in like twenty minutes.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> we went to another bar, though we came. With no, no,
1: because the, the one guy was oh that
3: one you know, dude who was crazy. Yeah,
1: we, we had we had a tag along friend that was got us kicked off the bus. Yeah. but you know. <laughs> no, he wasn't with us. Yeah, but we, we just got it thrown out. Yeah, we got thrown out because yeah, yeah, we were a Because you know, yeah,
3: we weren't yeah. hot chicks <laughs> is really what it comes down to. We weren't. Yeah, hot yeah.
0: Hot <laughs> we're right. Here, you know, it. we're not <laughs> bad looking, but. <laughs> it's it comes down to the whole boob thing man it really does we uh, lack like the
3: anatomy to stay on the bus <laughs> <know.
0: Yeah. laughs> fair enough now uh I, yeah, there's no shortage of uh, of kick-ass bars in nashville no doubt about it uh now speaking of, of you know, going to clubs being live shows what is the uh most interesting thing that's happened to you at a live show or to you at a live show
3: <laughs> well this isn't interesting really to me i mean to anyone else but to me it was kind of funny we were i was playing in another band at the Roxy and. Uh, jerry cantrell stumbled up on stage like kind of not incoherent but clearly not really sure who where he was he was asking for like johnny and there was no johnny in the band and he was just staggering around we're like holy shit this is jerry cantrell what's up man he's like hey i love your band johnny's awesome we're like there's no johnny in this band he's like yeah no i was listening to the song is it really great maybe i'll play a song with you we're like yeah, dude, but you know the songs? Like, yeah, 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 I know the songs. Like, yeah, just, just, uh, here, I'll be waiting off stage. We're like, all right. And then he just sort of disappeared. No one
1: <laughs> <laughs> was, was that anywhere between 2003, 2008? No, it
3: was like three years ago. <laughs> it was three years ago. Okay. Um, was that 2008? No, it was like 2009. Yeah, it was there, three years ago. Yeah. yeah,
1: there was a period where.
3: That new three. Alice in Chains thing had come out.
1: So oh, it had come out? It had come out. Well, then that was just an unusual. Yeah, I don't, Alice know. In I don't Chains. know where he was just going. An event. It was on. That just, just, know, just jumped out to
0: me, I thought of it. When no, it no, let's go cool. random Jerry control sightings are always, uh, I don't know if they're, they're running rampant at the Roxy or not, but uh, hey, uh, you guys have the new album uh, by the band, it's supposed to be coming out sometime this year. Um, yes. Do you, you know, we talked off air a little bit, you know, you have tentative date sometime around this year. Um, what, is, what is your expectation of this album? And, uh, you know, what is the tentative name of the album, if you don't mind?
3: Uh, it's called Woman. Um, we're working with our management right now on what the release date's going to be. You know, people can keep checking up on us at uh, blackrobotmusic.com and Facebook dot uh, com slash
1: blackrobotofficial uh, for for the actual the, release. The date. is going to be a monster. It we're going to be huge. Yeah, I know this this show is called Unsigned. And we're, you know we're just doing it, you know, just this one time around. But uh, you know, we think we think we're going to get you know pretty big monster record deal and buy you know airplanes and
0: For yachts ours, and. and, yeah. and, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So you're saying you're, you you sh- you saying you're not stopping back in to do a second second appearance on the show? Is well, that what you're saying, We right? will.
3: We'll stop by with you. but yeah, yeah. Anybody else who asks and if their show is called Unsigned, they can go fuck themselves. Yeah. You, you just. grandfather clause.
0: Well, yeah. You're
1: fine. Yeah. But we're. We expect this thing's going to be a real a real animal.
0: Uh, I I can uh, I agree with you 100 percent man. Uh, when, <laughs> I, when I when when I first heard the tracks, man. I mean, uh, I, I heard them and I go. The three tracks we're going to hear tonight are are fm radio sledgehammers you guys are going to uh cause a stir and a much needed one uh, if, if you're asking me
1: thank you i hope so yeah. I, I hope i hope someone pays attention you know the, the uh radio stations these days are are tricky you know you have to have leverage and and so i think in order to make this thing work like you actually have to have some type of deal if you want to get on that radio
0: station thing
1: but we'll see how it unfolds you know
0: Right on, man. Well, I tell you what, let's take another listen to another track off the album. Uh, this is uh, Staring at the Sun. Uh, Jeremy, uh, I don't know, did you write the lyrics for this track?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, well, honestly, everything was pretty collaborative lyrically. Uh, someone would come up with an idea, and we all, you know, we were all in the room when,
1: when they were It's written. pretty much Jeremy's baby. Yeah, well, yeah, this, this is like... pretty much the song about Jeremy. Yeah, here's what I'm
3: saying. Picture this song, everybody, when it comes on. Just picture being at a stadium, football stadium. This song starts. Who the fuck in the crowd is not going to get pumped up by this? That's all I can say.
0: Well said. This is Staring at the Sun, Black Robot here on Unsigned. black robot staring at the sun here on unsigned hanging out with jeremy and jb from the band now guys uh hey the show is called unsigned as we talked about and you know for a lot of reasons uh, it's called unsigned not just you know for some of the uh, the artists we talk about but uh w- what i want to get into is your guys is taking. we were kind of talking about this off air a little bit uh the music industry uh has changed obviously a lot in the last 10 15 years uh jb you've you know you've been you know with, with buck cherry uh through That whole ride with FM radio, we again talking about that off air. Uh, what challenges do you guys see or face w- with Black Robot, and how, where do you see really the, the industry going uh, today?
1: Where do I see the industry going? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I like what's going on now, you know, where, where they find these uh singers on TV. You know, I think that's cool, I think it's kind of expanded. Um, and then I, there's things I really can't stand, which is. Uh, you know where they make all the music on a computer and, and then they're pumping out Justin Bieber. So I, I think it's just going to see a lot of... I think the people that want to find good music that's made with guitars and people that really can sing, I think those people are going to find their music like the way a lot of people in Europe still look for that out of a band. And then, and then you know, America, like we're consumers and and we don't really care. You know, we just want like the fast junk food. So you're going to have that, that shit that's processed and spit out. That's not going to be, you know, you're not going to listen to it in 10 years. So you, you know, I think it's just going to be like whatever, whatever you want it to be. You know, you can get anything that you want. And and unfortunately, if you want McDonald's, you're going to get McDonald's.
0: No, I, I think that's a, that's a good analogy, man. Uh, Jeremy, uh, how about yourself, man?
3: Well, you know, I do have to say I, Parts of me think it's very exciting right now because you know, I don't know what you you know what you think about economics and whatnot, but you know you hear all the time about you know that the the middle class has disappeared and you know maybe it did decades ago, but in music it seems like there actually is an emerging middle class. Like before, it was either you got signed or you didn't, and if you got signed, maybe you know at least you had a shot, and maybe they released your record, maybe it's, they shelved it, and maybe you hit it big, you know, uh, maybe you got on the ride that Buck Cherry went on. Or you didn't, and you ended up teaching guitar lessons and playing in a wedding band if you wanted to make a living. And now with the internet and being able to do it yourself and there being less gatekeepers, there is a middle class. You can go and hustle and do it yourself and maybe not be a rock star, but you can make a living doing it. Whereas before, I don't think that was really an option. You just needed the push from a label. That was the only way to get in the channels. And now... Everybody has access to YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, and they can pump their stuff up. And if you've got the ambition and the drive and the desire and the songs and the talent to back it up, you can kind of make it yourself. Whereas before, you did need to rely on somebody with more money and more connections. Don't get me wrong. Those things still help. But there is a middle class now where you can do it yourself. It's in your control. And that's kind of exciting.
0: Uh, it, right on, man. You know, I, I ask that question to just about every band that comes on the show week after week after week, month after month, and uh, you're probably maybe the fifth or sixth person that's almost given that exact answer that there really is a middle class, and, and, I, and I'll reiterate that i believe it's the same thing with with radio as well i mean there's tons of radio stations across the country there's tons of internet stations and you know you know just saying hey you know submit your song and we'll play it you know well hey that's great you know but uh sometimes getting you know a little extra never hurts you know and uh and that's really, I think, what this show is all about, and I'm glad you guys have taken the time to come on tonight. Now, uh, kind of switching gears from, from that topic, uh, lightening the mood a little bit, uh, I'm curious what you guys do in your free time when you know, you got your uh, recording and you know, promotions, and you, you, whatever you're doing in your family life. Uh, what do you guys do to, uh, to kind of unwind, man?
3: I go to the beach, man. I mean, why live in yeah. Southern California if you're not going to go to a beach? <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky. we we're, we're, lately it's it's uh it's today it was eighty degrees out. Yeah, compared and, and Jeremy was saying that it's one degree out. In yeah, Ohio. I'm
3: from Illinois. I'm from north yeah. of Chicago, and I was talking to my parents, and I was like, "Oh, it's eighty here." They're like, "Oh, that's only seventy nine degrees warmer than it is here." I'm like, "Come <laughs> on!" I'm like, "Nope, it is one degree out." I'm like, yep. "Yeah, that's why I left." I love you, but God, you can't beat this weather. It's great barbecuing on January twenty second. What is it today? That's great.
0: Yeah, but I, I agree. I mean, I, I, here in Nashville, it's actually rather cold for, for Nashville. Weather is in the 30s today, but uh, I grew up in northeast Ohio outside of Cleveland. So, uh, you know, I talked to my, my sister and uh, my mom today, and they're like, yeah, it's negative 10 today with like yeah. eight <laughs> inches of snow. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I was like sunshine and 35, you know, like I'm, I'm, it's, you know, not that it's great, but hey, it's it's better than having snow up, uh, past my ankles. Yeah, you know, I yeah. went up
3: to a big bear, which is like a mountain that's about an hour and a half. Northeast or just east of L.A., depending on where you're coming from. And there's snow and there's all that. And it's so much fun. It's fantastic to visit, but it's also great to just drive down the mountain and be in the hot sunshine again. It's fantastic.
0: Right on, man. Uh, JB, how about yourself, man? What are you, uh, what are you uh, doing in your free time, man? You know,
1: it's, it's funny because uh, um, I do have a, a little bit of free time now. And, and mostly, you know, I, 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 I've been learning how to play guitar. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bass player, but, you know, I learn how to play guitar and I buy guitars and I buy amplifiers and all that stuff. And and so I just goof around with that. And then, you know, we, we go to the beach and, and uh, you know, we go camping and we drive up north. and, and uh, But mostly, like, if, if it's going to be one, like, go yeah, we, we do a lot of drinking, you know. We're really good at it out here. <laughs> We're talented at drinking. Yep. So, you know. We have a lot of free time. Yeah, do what you can do best. That's what my parents always told me to
3: do.
0: There you go, man. Well, hey, man, uh, if if you guys are ever in Nashville, man, definitely let me know, man. Uh, I'd definitely like to uh, hang out. I'll I'll show you around Nashville, and we'll definitely hit up some bars, man.
1: Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, we were out there. uh, We went to a great bar out there. I think, like, one that that Nicole Kidman goes to. She lives out there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, dude, there's tons of people that live out here, man. I I I mean, dude, even Billy Ray Cyrus lives here, man. Yeah,
1: I, pay, I paid. I went to one place. I paid like L.A. prices. It was like fourteen bucks for a beer. Right. Yeah, it was weird.
0: Yeah, I man, it's uh, dude, Nashville is, is basically country L.A. I would assume.
1: Yeah, yeah, have yeah, Big hair, I love it. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> now uh, I'm curious, man. Uh, y'all, by the way. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm curious. but no. I'm curious about uh, what you guys are, uh, you know, what do you listen to in your free time musically, man? I mean, is there any bands out there right now that you kind of like, I oh, mean, I really dig what they're doing or, you know, uh, their sound or their voice or, you know, their rhythm section. Is there, are there certain bands out there that, that you guys are really digging on?
1: You know what I'm into? And this is crazy. I, Bruno Mars. I think that guy is, his voice is incredible. His band is amazing. The songs are there. Like I mean, he's he's put through the pop filter and everything, but if if you strip it down, you know, he's just a classic artist. I, I love that guy. He's yeah, yeah. he's great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Brian, yeah was, uh, the first time I saw him, uh, he was on uh, some award show or something. I didn't know a whole lot about him at the time. And uh, that guy is just kind of like, he's really like a soul artist, man. He really is a soul artist. He That guy has just soul, you know? For sure.
1: Yeah, he's great.
3: Yep.
1: What
0: else is well, out well, there, man? Well, I'll, I'll
3: plug a friend's band of mine that's uh, coming up, and they're doing pretty good. And they're uh, they're a great band. They're called Vintage Trouble. So if you haven't seen that band, check them out. They're pretty fantastic. What do you know in that band? Uh, I used to be in a band with the bass player. Oh, the bass player? Yeah. Oh, okay. Two bands. They don't, the they don't need the help. They don't though. need the help. They're doing great, but they're fun. You know, do, Go check do them out. I like that last. <laughs> no, no, keep them in. I like. I want my friends to succeed, so it's great.
0: Well, cool, man. I hey, would uh, definitely uh, you know I hate to do this, but you know if they're interested, uh, send them our way, man. We'll, uh, we'll we'll get them on, play some tunes, man, and talk to them. Sounds good. Cool, man. They My, might
3: have uh, outgrown us. But, yeah. yeah, they,
0: they might. T- no, you know what? They're not going
1: to be on a band, on a, on a show called Unsigned, because they, they're signed. I don't think they are. They're, they're with McGee. Yeah, but they're
3: team. not signed on a Oh, is that a label snub now? Them. They uh, might yeah, snub I don't know. know. You can give it a shot. I don't yeah.
0: All right, fair enough. Now, if people are interested in uh, Black Robot and want to find out more about you guys, what you're up to, uh, how can they get a hold of you, man?
3: Uh, go to our website, blackrobotmusic.com, uh, or on Facebook, Black Robot Official.
0: Right on. Well, hey, uh, we close tonight with the song Goodbye, fitting to close the interview. Uh, this song, uh, i got to ask, man, uh, who, who or what is this song particularly about?
3: Well, you know, it's about, uh, it's about missing the one you love, you know, for various reasons, whether it's travel or infinite travel or whatever it is that sort of makes you miss the people you love.
1: It's the ballad. And if, if you can't relate to it, your heart is like a black piece of coal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you're not. That's exactly true. This song what is mean. really emotional, man. <laughs> well, it, you're it's not a great in tears. Trip,
3: by the time it's over, then you probably are dead inside.
0: <laughs> well said. Hey, uh, JB, Jeremy, uh, thanks for stopping in, man. It's been a pleasure talking with you guys. And uh, keep in touch, man. It's been a pleasure. You Absolutely, thanks for man. Us. Thank you. Wonderful <laughs> black robot here on Unsigned. It is goodbye. <laughs> robot on un- that is goodbye and again thanks to jb and jeremy for stopping in hanging out and, and uh having some fun with us tonight uh, had a blast best of luck to those guys and i uh, look forward to uh you know doing an update and keeping in touch and uh goodbye again if you aren't if you don't have a tear in your right now just like jeremy said you are one cold sob hey i tell you what let's take a look at the nfl offense the center. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me?
2: Playoffs? Congratulations. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.
0: Ah, no doubt about it. I love that sound bite. NFL AFC NFC title games I'll tell you what, let's start in Atlanta the hosting the San Francisco 49ers and this was really almost a repeat of the week before uh, versus the Seahawks where the Falcons jump out to a big lead this time they jump out to a 17 nothing lead at home against the 49ers the 49ers defense clamps down big time the 49ers offense led by Colin Kaepernick get rolling the Falcons had a shot to win this game late but again the 49ers D holds and also ending uh, end up injuring quarterback uh, Matt Ryan putting him literally on ice with a great tear on his left shoulder putting him on the shelf for a couple weeks even if they had won that game he would not have been able to play in the Super Bowl coming up the 49ers heading to their sixth Super Bowl in franchise history the 17 point lead I will say was the largest comeback in NFC championship history the last time that happened was the Falcons beating the Minnesota Vikings in 1998, which is a 13 point lead? And I'm sure if you ask a lot of Viking fans, they remember that game in 1998. That was uh, that great Vikings team with Randy Moss and Chris Carter, and uh, man, that, heck of a heck of an offensive football team that just couldn't uh, close the deal. At home against the Atlanta Falcons in 98. So the 49ers put them in Super Bowl 47. The AFC title game was a rematch of last year's AFC title game. This is the Baltimore Ravens riding high off the Ray Lewis emotion. Ugh. Two weeks of Ray Lewis talk. Yay. Karma means nothing to Ray Lewis, a man who obstructed justice and helped his friends get away with murder. Say which one. Uh, it's all news It's 13 years ago to the date next Tuesday, 13 years ago to the date, the lives of Kelly Smith and Richard Collar, still an unsolved murder. Kelly Smith, who was also pregnant at the time of her murder. Goes unsolved. Ray Lewis again, uh, was fined and charged with destructive justice and then helped his friends get away with murder. And now it goes unsolved. And he ended up settling out of court for some uh 10 to $13 million to to the families as well. Don't tell me he's not guilty. Again, Carmen means nothing to Ray Lewis. Granted, he's a fir- first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, and he's going to end his career in a high note. It- gee great wonderful uh the pats uh, this new England Patriots look soft Sunday uh, the more physical team won that football game there's no doubt about it setting up the Harbaugh the Harbaugh brothers Jim and John Harbaugh brother versus brother niners versus Raiders Ravens geez Raiders unbelievable The Raiders they're not in the Super Bowl anytime soon now they're still mad uh, about 10 years ago when they got blown out in the Super Bowl uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if you've seen that in the news? Unbelievable. Uh, the Lombardi Trophy is up for Gabs. Look, this should be actually a really, really great game. I'm not going to give you my pick, but if you know me, I think you probably already know the pick. We'll do a full analysis next week of Super Bowl 47, Niners versus Ravens. It is going to be a good one. It is Harbaugh versus Harbaugh. Brother versus brother. There will be blood. <laughs> Hey, let's take a look at the uh, NBA at the halfway point. We haven't talked a whole lot of NBA, and we're going to get more into it as the uh, season rolls on. The halfway point is coming up. Uh, The NBA All-Star Game starters have been announced for the Eastern Conference. Rajon Rondo of the Celtics, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James of the Miami Heat, Carmelo Anthony of the New York Knicks, and Kevin Garnett, uh, surprisingly, of the Celtics as the starter. Western Conference, Chris Paul of the Clippers, Kobe Bryant of the Lakers, Kevin Durant, no surprise there, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Blake Griffin, who's having a wonderful season for the Los Angeles Clippers, and Dwight Howard named as the starter, uh, which I don't agree with, by the way, uh, to be a starter for the uh, Western Conference All-Star team. The reserves are set to be announced here uh, sometime this week. And uh, we'll get into the playoff picture and a lot of other things uh, with the NBA. All as we know is that the Lakers are uh, a floundering mess, 15-20. and 20. Uh, They're five games away from the eighth seed in the playoffs. Uh, far cry from the playoffs, a big mess in L.A. And again, we'll get into a lot of those details in the playoff picture and the halfway mark of the nba into next week let's take a look at the movies at the box office this past weekend starting with number 10 working our way up we have the hobbit an unexpected journey the movie last stand at 6.1 million last miserable at 7.5 million the django unchained the d is silent 7.7 million a haunted house 8.1 million broken city looks like a pretty good film 8.2 million gangster squad at 8.6 million silver lining playbook 10.7 million, zero dark 30, which is getting great reviews, 15.8 million and mama, a uh, horror film about some, some kids, nothing more creepy than a bunch of kids in a horror film. See children of the corn, uh, 28.4 million. That's our movies this week at the box office. Look again, I want to thank uh, the guys from black robot for stopping in and uh, check us out. Next week. We have the Lauren Wolf band from Chicago, Illinois, Uh really great band. Uh, so definitely check that out next week. And really a lot of great artists coming up as well. The Hush, Fiction Reform coming up in February and uh, some surprise guests coming up in March as well. The schedule is booking fast. Check me out on Twitter, Ryan underscore Unsigned. Hey, it seems harder to enjoy the finer things in life. Until next time, do so, everybody.